and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. I am back again with my trusty sidekick, Regan Kempton. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, I finished homeschooling on Friday, so we are done with school for this year, which is very exciting. Um, And our things are opening next week for kids to start going to like summer stuff. So the kids go into their summer programs on June 2nd. So I'm seeing the light at the end of the hunker down tunnel. Uh, Well, we've told Billy that she's likely to go back to school on June the 1st. She was so excited about it. She cried. She just just wants to go back to school. And we've just said to her, look, try it. If you like it, great. It's not going to be like normal school. It's going to be really different. But if it makes you feel weird or icky or uncomfortable, you don't have to go. She's like, so I can go some days, but not others. I was like, no. Like, either you're going and you go every <laughs> or day, <you're> not. <laughs> or you're not going at all. We're not, like, waking up and going, mm, I don't really feel like it today. Can I not go? Yeah. That's not happening. No. Um, That's the so worst. So she's, she's really excited. We'll just have to see if it happens. It's still a little bit up in the air. And Bo, bless her, her nursery's not opening, so she's stuck with us for another God knows how long. Would it be easier to have Billy at home than Bo for you guys? Uh, I don't know, actually, because Bo, given half a chance, is actually better at playing by herself. Interesting. To be honest, it's probably easier to have them both at home because they can play together. But if Billy has the chance to go to school and she really wants to go, then of course I'm going to let her go. Yeah. Um, But to be honest, neither of my children are easy. Yeah. I mean, you know. No, I only ask because... For me, it's 100% easier to have Tate at home than Heath because Tate's always been a really good independent player. It's just his personality. So, like, he'll read, he'll do Lego. Like, he'll just play in his room and, like, not speak to any of us. So it's very easy for us to have him at home. Heath is the one that, like needs the attention attention all the time and he's a bit of like a mama's boy so it's attention for me if it's a if it's with elijah like he doesn't give a shit he doesn't bother him (laughs) he just does his own thing if it's me he's in my lap or like pulling on my shirt or asking me to make pictures of toys and oh is he still obsessed with anna and elsa's boobies he is but he's also now obsessed with onward the new Pixar film. Oh, it's film. so good. Oh, so he's really obsessed with Ian and Barley at the moment. So that's now the morning watching is onward every day. So Frozen's fallen a little bit to the wayside, but he did ask me to print up a new picture of Anna and Elsa. So maybe he's just bored of the pictures that he already has. <laughs> maybe their maybe boo-boos needs- don't look as nice in the pictures that I've made previously. Yeah, All maybe you need boo-boos. to up your boo-boo game. <laughs> yeah. Not your boo-boo game, obviously, yeah. but... Like No, mine are on the you floor. Know. Mine could uh, use some upping as well. <laughs> I don't think there's enough upping in the world to up my boo-boo game. No. Um, anyway, that aside, this week we are back on four shows. Again, another yep. nice, quiet week for us. I think we might even only have three next week. I don't know. We might pick up another one. Yeah, I think Million Dollar Listing LA starts next week or it's the week after. So either way, it's coming up in the next two weeks. And then also... Below Deck Med starts in June. It does. So that June, one's coming back. I think that's coming up. I think that's like June, I think that June, June first. Yeah, yeah, that I one may be first. Be. So we'll be picking up some more shows with the whole female 
crew, like major crew of a boat for the first time because it's Captain Sandy, it's Malia as the bosun and Hannah as Chief Stew. So I wonder if that's just, um, I wonder if that's an all-female crew for the first time on Bravo or whether that's an all-female kind of lead crew for the first time ever. It's definitely the first female crew on Bravo. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But I don't know. If uh, any of you yachties out there, tell us if that's, you know, normal or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was normal because the one thing we have learned about the yachting industry is that (laughs) it's pretty misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially the last season that we watched. That was especially Uh, heinous. To quote yeah. a little I mean that wasn't just you. misogynistic for yachting that was that was misogynistic for like everything that was for awful life. awful yeah. anyway talking of below deck let's move on to BDSY below deck sailing yacht um and I here I really really want to come on to this podcast and really have lots of lovely things to say about Jenna because I genuinely believe that if it was like us hang, I, th- I think we'd get on. I like oh, her. like a house on fire, a hundred percent. But every week, I'm rooting for her. I'm like, come on, babe, handle this one. <laughs> and every week, she fucks it up. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent with you. When I was watching this episode, though, kind of, I had a light bulb moment, which I don't know if we want to talk about right now, or maybe we'll save for a later episode if we can get it sorted out, but. Um, the chat between her and Glenn was so fucking painful because I actually think Glenn is like the nicest, easiest captain I've ever seen. And I think he was really trying to be thoughtful and considerate, but also convey that there's a problem. And that is not the way it was taken no. by Jenna at all. I, I agree. I think Captain Glenn is one of the best managers I've seen. Like, I, you know, I think he's genuinely a nice guy. Very easygoing, but has clear boundaries. And when you cross them, he'll sit you down and tell you with respect. And I think he did that. Jenna is really, finds it really difficult to take accountability when somebody points out a criticism. Now, this is not saying that she is doing a terrible job. This is, he's not saying that she's a terrible chief stew or that, you know, it's all been awful. All he's saying is, with regards to her relationship with Adam, she needs to tone it down and be a little bit more professional. Uh, not an unreasonable comment, but the way that she responds is like... Well, it's I like mean, he was I, murdering a puppy. Like, I've got a six-year-old. Like, evil, and he, all he wants is for people to be fucking miserable. Yeah, I've got a six-year-old that could have taken that criticism better. Do you know yeah. what I mean? In a more mature way. And I know that she's great at being a chief stew. I know she's great at being running that boat. I just need her to stop being on the defensive all the time. Yeah. Well, I think this is where we see kind of, you know, when we talk about like Adam being a little bit emotionally broken, I think this is the part of Jenna that's a little emotionally broken where like everything is an attack. Everything is deeply personal And so she's being very defensive about it, and it's not. And, you know, she's put up a couple of things where she's, like, you know, watching it back, like, I know how I can do it differently next time. I'm learning so much about myself by watching myself. And I think that's true. I think when you're in that place, you have no idea how defensive you're being, coming from a fellow defensive person. Um, And I think, you know, in a way, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to watch it back and really see 
where those triggers come and how you respond to them. Um, but at the same time, as someone who doesn't know her and who is watching it, you're just like, shit, girlfriend, like... He, Make a different choice. The, and, and he's not even being mean to you. No, he's being really, really gentle. And, and I agree. I think you're right. This is where she struggles. And we all fuck up. We've all got our problems and we all Good make Lord, mistakes. Yes. And I absolutely appreciate that. And it sucks for her that it's being played on television. Everybody gets to watch it and comment on it. But yeah. um, here we are. And I think it's interesting because I, I also think it's important to note that it's only Jenna that's been brought into this conversation with Captain Glenn. And I appreciate that because he feels this is having an effect on the interior and therefore he needs to speak to her. But I think if you're going to talk to Jen about the relationship that she has with Adam and how it's affecting the boat, I think Adam should be in on that conversation too. I 100% agree with you. And for you who are listening, this is what I was alluding to earlier. I have a real problem that Adam is not accountable for any of this stuff. And it's not like Jen is doing this on her own. She's not instigating it all on her own. Like, it's a relationship between two people. And if Jenna's going to get a talking to by the captain, then the captain needs to go have a chat with Adam because Adam's kind of 100% unchecked about all this stuff. Jenna is bearing the brunt of it. She's bearing the brunt of it on social media afterwards as well. And I have a real issue with that. And it was something that kind of just hit me watching this episode that Adam can do whatever the fuck he wants on this boat and there doesn't seem to be any oversight for him. And I kind of get it because there's he's not working with anybody directly. It's not like he has a sous chef or a dishwasher who's like, he's being a fucking asshole, like, sort it out. But at the same time, like, he is accountable to the captain. And I, I do think Glenn made a misstep by not having that conversation with Adam. Well, and the problem is the relationship. So it's not just the way Jenna's handling it. It's the way that Adam and Jenna are handling their relationship. And yes, it's affecting the crew, but Adam is just, yes, it's affecting, sorry, Jenna's crew, but Adam has just as much responsibility when it comes to to that. And it just irritates me that, you know, she is the one getting the talking down from Captain Glenn, which I believe that she deserves, but I also think Adam should be sat next to her. Um, She's getting the shit on social media. I don't know whether Adam is and just doesn't talk about it, um, but I suspect not. It's, you know, I've seen no. it before on Instagram yeah. that couples on Instagram, it's the woman that gets the flack and the guy gets off scot-free. I've seen it. It happens. Um, so while I think Jenna fucked this conversation up, um, I don't think that it was handled brilliantly by Captain Glenn in terms of that particular aspect. Well, and I would almost even go so far as by the other crew members as well, because Adam's being a huge cock to Madison, kind of every chance he can get. And Madison's not complaining about the way he's treating her, but is complaining about the way Jenna's treating her. And, you know, Ciara has this conversation with Glenn about the interior, and she brings this whole issue to light with him, but doesn't mention that Adam is slipping too. And so I feel like it's a it's a bit of a witch hunt about this relationship where it's all Jenna and she needs to, you know, fucking fix the shit and Adam can do whatever the fuck he wants. And that really rankles me. No, I I do agree. And I feel bad for her. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is uncomfortable. And I don't like the way that she then kind of retaliates by pulling them like you know she goes straight to the girls and like just throws a ton of criticism at them a hundred percent you know and it's like 
babe, come on. Like you, you've got the power to do this better. And, um, and I think a lot of this social media backlash is coming from that kind of conversation. Absolutely. Because we all want to go, we all want to see her succeed because actually she's got a really great crew. We've all watched Below Deck. This is such a great interior crew. Absolutely. Um, and it's just a shame when we see her behaving like that. But like you say, she's acknowledged it. She recognizes it on social media. She's saying that she knows that she could have handled yeah. it differently. Um, and she's learning. And I can only imagine what a baptism of fire it is, sort of being yeah. thrust into that without really any kind of support or training. But... Um, yeah, I do wish she'd handled it differently. Me too. I really didn't like the conversation between that she had with Madison and Georgia. It it was not a good one. They have grown. I mean, they both, Georgia has grown a lot as a stewardess just through this season, I think, that we've seen. Um, and I think Madison has too. Like, the, I think Madison's trying. Yeah. But I I really didn't like the way she spoke to them. I don't think they deserved it. I think that was coming from a place of like anger and hurt and it was just misplaced emotion. I have to say though, I think if Georgia and Madison had Kate Chastain as a chief stew, I think that would have been such a dream team because Kate would have pushed them hard enough like Jenna's done to kind of get more out of them. But I think her management skills would have, would have fitted better with Georgia and Madison. And I would have loved to see them kick ass. I mean, that being said, the interior crew has kicked ass as far as guest sort of experience goes, just not in terms of morale. Yeah, I totally agree. But you know who is good for morale Who's great for Moran? Do you know what? That guy is getting sexier every episode. Like, still not actually sexy, but yeah. But watching him fight through that pain, and he's got a prolapse. Fuck, man! Like he's he's really hurt. Yeah, like he's nails. He's he's fucking nails. Like that's incredible to me. I feel bad for him as well because you know he is. All he wants to do is work. All he wants to do is be on boats. And this is quite a serious injury. Like, if this isn't treated properly, it could be something yeah. that plagues him for the rest of his life. It could be, you know, really tricky for his career. So I do feel for him. <laughs> Padgett's like, oh, fuck, I've lost another one. <laughs> well, I wrote that down on my notes. Like, I felt Ciara and Padgett were being a little insensitive to, like... Me too! ...his fucking massive back issue, but he's still pulling his weight, and he's like, you know what? I want to do the night watch. Like, let me do the things that I can do to make your life easier. So, like, he's giving them sleep, and it was just like, you know what? If that had been fucking Parker, he wouldn't do shit for you guys. No. I mean, he didn't do shit for you even when he was well. Like, The thing the is, fuck? Parker... Parker wouldn't ever be able to put his back out because he'd never lift anything that heavy. <laughs> like, this is the reality of Parker. Parker wouldn't ever... Little prin- Prince Parker, don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't know um, that ego is pretty heavy to tow around, but... That is very true. <laughs> um, the other thing that we have is not about the crew on Ooh. this episode, but we've got little, little Billy, who, bless him, is going to get himself into a lot of trouble. Hell yeah. I feel like this is this only the second time in all of the below decks that we've seen drugs be brought on board. The I first think was, was the very time. first episode, wasn't it? That's right. I think it was like the very first med first episode. Season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the guy got was kicked off Was it med? The I thought it was Captain Lee. Maybe oh, it's maybe happened it three was times. Captain Lee. 
No, it was Captain Lee, you're right. I think it was Captain Lee's. I think it was one of the first seasons of just the regular Below Deck. I think you might be right. Because I think, like, the blonde stewardess was working, and I think Chef Ben was on board. Anyways, but um, it's only the second time it's ever happened, to my knowledge, on Well, it's the second time that it's ever been, like, caught, which is the other thing. Like, somebody says that. I imagine that there's probably quite a lot of people doing some pretty naughty stuff on those boats. Um, But this guy is not really hiding it very well. And I don't know. Obviously, it's not confirmed but I think we all know that this is going if it gets to a point where two crew members are like that guy is on something there's powder on on his nose and you can hear him (laughs) sniffing from the cameras from outside of the bathroom I mean like we were talking earlier it's not seasonal allergies like there's no leaves aren't falling in the middle of the ocean it's not puritan you're not sniffing the allergy medication to get it to hit you quicker No. I don't think that's the case. No, I think that we can safely say that he's on the racket. But I am interested to find out whether they find any. I'm interested to find out. I can only imagine Captain Glenn, when he finds out that they think this guy's got drugs, you can just tell it's like absolutely the last fucking thing he wants to hear. He's like (laughs) talking himself out of it going, I mean, I don't think they would. They wouldn't fly with drugs. I'm like, oh, bless you, Captain Glenn. Yes, they would. Or they wouldn't, or they just buy it when they get there. Can you imagine the last charter going any worse than it has been right now? Like, Captain Glenn's having to deal with, like, the Jenna and Adam situation. Fucking Chris has fucked his back. Paget has hurt himself. Ciara's sick as well. Like, everything is fucking hitting the fan. I mean, maybe those crows from a couple charters ago really fucked them. Well, and the other thing is, well, the tip's fucked either way because now they have to ask the guy about the drugs. Right. And if he's got the drugs, then they're all off the boat. There's no tip there. And if he hasn't got the drugs, then he's pissed that he's been asked about the drugs and they're not tipping there either. So it's fucked in some ways. Yeah, in some ways, but he's not the primary. So tipping is really up to her, the female primary. I mean, if he fucked her over, maybe she's going to be so fucking embarrassed that she's going to throw money at the problem. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I or don't know. Or kick him off to... the boat and they all get to stay. Maybe. I don't know if you can... T- I don't know what the rules are. We need to what know what the, the rules are. Can you throw are the one rules? person off the charter? <laughs> I think you can do what you like. I think you just throw him overboard. Just throw him off the boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just throw him overboard. There you uh, go. Anyway, so next week will be the last episode of Below Deck Sailing Yacht, the inaugural yes. season, which I've really enjoyed. I hope it comes back. Don't know if it Me will. Too. We also don't know whether there's going to be a reunion, although it looks it likely like- because Andy Cohen was asking for questions on his yeah. Facebook page for the crew. So it sounds likely. And I think, honestly, now that they've got the virtual reunions yeah. up and running, there's no excuse not to. No, I mean, Vanderpump Rules is going to have one, so there will be a mini-sode about that reunion. We're working on The Real Housewives of Atlanta right now. Um, we've got one more episode of that one before it comes out. And actually, the Atlanta one is fucking fire, so I'm pretty excited, I'm excited to, to chat about it. that. I think they're definitely going to do it because, frankly, they're, they're conscious of making sure they've got new programming coming out throughout lockdown. They're really trying to make sure yeah. that it's not just repeats and things like that. So I think if they have a chance to create more programs, they'll do it. And I think the reunion will happen. I am here for it. And I'm here for next week's episode. I'm excited. Well, also, what else is everybody else doing? Everybody's fucking at home. So why can't they hop on a Zoom call and do a fucking reunion? 
True, true that. They're not sailing yeah. around the med. No. Um, okay, so let's move on to Vanderpump Rules. Um, again, season finale was this week. Yes. This is the last one. So they were largely tying stuff up. But let's start with Dana, Brett, and Max. Oh, Dana. <laughs> like, Dana, you're better than this. You are fucking better than this. She, I've said it last week, I'll say it again. She's blinded by the abs, and I just... I know she's smarter than this, and I know she's going to come to the. I know she's going to yeah. come to the right conclusion eventually. But the way that she is giving Brett a pass for what is like obnoxious behavior. Oh, the whole fucking crazy. chat about being interested is different than having feelings. And fuck off, Brett. You are a douche. You, you are, are a douche. He's a, he's an absolute dickhead. I cannot cope with his arrogance and she's so blinded by it like she just is looking into his pretty blue eyes and is like oh yeah I get it I know what he means nobody else gets him like I get him oh Dana no come on it's exactly what you think it is there's no depth to it he's like he's showing you everything yeah pay attention and while we're on this conversation about men who are acting like children, like Max as well, for the love of God, you like her. Tell her you like her. Don't be a fucking twat to her. It's like the right. kid that pulls the pigtails and run away, runs away. It's like he's just being mean to you because he's hurt and he really likes you. I don't think he's behaving brilliantly either, no. shagging himself silly. In fact, <laughs> she could do better than all of them. Yeah. Just fucking yeah. dump them all. Absolutely. That that's where I'm landing on this whole fucking triad of bullshit. Like you're better than both. They're both very fucking immature and have no idea how they're actually feeling. So tell them to both fuck off. Or yeah. you know what? They could fuck each other for all anybody else cares. And also, let's go back to this misogyny chat because oh, it's all right for Max to forgive Brett. Max is gonna be cool with Brett about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But now he's not gonna be cool with Dana, so he's just gonna freeze Dana out a bit. It's such bullshit. It's 100% bullshit because in my mind, Brett was the one that fu- has fucking done wrong. You, yeah. Dana went to you after all like the early on like fucking misconstrued information that happened at the beginning of the season. Told you she wanted to have another chance that she was willing to like do that and wanted to move on. And you fucking said no. So yeah. she went out with somebody else. Your best mate is hitting on that chick now. Yeah. Like, but it's okay because they're it. bros. Yeah, and that's they're fucked bros, up to man. me because actually it's I think that's worse. Me. Like, that's yeah. worse. Well, it's just bullying. And what I do love about Dana is that when she's having that chat with Max, she's like, I'm perfectly ca- happy with how I carry myself. Like, her confidence is there. She's yeah. badass enough to deal with it, but she shouldn't fucking have to deal with it. And it just pisses me off. And it's textbook fucking patriarchy at work, and it's wrong. It is. Like, in my mind, like, the nail in the coffin was when he was like, well, I hired you. Like, I brought (gasps) you on to all this stuff. Fuck off, Don't even get me started. As soon as he realized that he couldn't break her with his, like, usual bullying techniques, he then went for the, like, power play. Well, I'm your boss. And it's, like, so tedious to hear. It was such an—I'm so mad I can't even get a sentence out. I didn't realize how mad I was about this, actually, until I started talking about it. Oh, that comment really fucking set me off. I'm raging. I'm raging. Max, you're a dickhead. You're both dickheads. Go and be dickheads together. And leave her the fuck alone. 
And get off my TV screen while you're at it, because yeah. honestly, I'm done. You douchebags, you don't deserve her. No. Um, what do you I've, think? I mean, just piggybacking off of that, like, what do you think about the new people that they've brought in? Like, do you think they're here for good, or do you think they'll phase out fairly quickly for next season? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think there's, n- I don't think any of them have really jumped out at me, except maybe sort of Dana and and Max, I would say. You know, I think yeah. that those two fit. I think the others just seem like, Preschoolers in a high school musical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I just feel like they don't really fit. No, I totally agree. I think I would like to see more James next season because I yeah. think James has really gotten his shit together. So I would like to see more James rather than bring on kind of any more new people. I also have always liked Peter. Like he's really been relegated into the background um, the past couple of seasons. I'd like to see him have a bigger role again because he's fucking hilarious. And I, I think like he's Peter. got his shit together. So Yeah. I think it's I think it was I don't know whether they are hoping I think they brought in the new lot so that they could keep Sir the focus of the show. Right. Because obviously none of the old lot actually really worked there very much anymore. Apart well, from sort of Jackson Ariana. Oh Brittany does. And Brittany went back. Um but essentially I think they wanted to kind of refocus it on on the restaurant and the goings on there. I just don't know if it's worked with the people that they've picked. But also, if you're a diehard Vanderpump fan, yeah. you just want to see the guys that you grew up watching. You know, those are the ones that you want to you want to keep following. So, unless they can get some great ones in that can really bridge that gap between the restaurant and the Toms and all yeah. of that, I just... I just just stick with what works. Keep the well, old guys. I think guys. you almost have to do like a full pull away, really, to separate the two. Like because I think you need a new Stasi at yeah. Sir. Sheena's not going to do it. Like she she just can't. Um, I I think you almost need like a whole new group and do yeah. like two separate shows or you know whatever. If the other people still want to do shows, but. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing to kind of bridge because you're right. Most of them don't work there anymore. Jax will always fucking work there. Let's talk because about where else Jax, is he gonna work? We? Let's let's talk move about on to Jax. Jax. I mean, it's really clear. It's a bit like Dorinda in New York. It's really clear what's happening. Like nobody's under any illusions as to what's going on, apart from actually Jax himself. And even <laughs> Maybe he's Brittany got a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and even he's got an inkling that there's something not quite right. But I just it, like Jenna, like Dorinda. I just want to shake them and go. Just do it a bit better. Yeah, just make a slightly better choice because, especially for Jax, these are friends that he has known for years yeah like in tom's case almost decades and multiple decades like 20 years and if your friends are telling you of 20 years that you need to they need to put some boundaries in because they can't keep doing this same thing over and over again whether that's ariana or tom then surely you've got to start listening and then lisa gives him a come to jesus chat at the end as well and he there's just something that's not going through yeah, no, he pops off at her and calls Vanderpump Rules his show. <laughs> like, his show is successful, and you're like, oh, uh, dude. <laughs> I mean, like, I, you I need think to go get is... some therapy, and you need to work yeah. through this shit, because you, uh, you can't do it on your own. Going to the gym three times a day is not going to do it for you. Like, you, you are going to have to look at these fucking hard, gross parts of yourself and work them the fuck out if, if you want any of this to be okay. 
Well, and I'm not even sure if this isn't something that like is is that serious that maybe we're even talking about something diagnosable here. Like there seems to be something really quite manic yeah. and chaotic about him. And it's well, such it's- a shift, right? It's gone from being kind of normal for Jack's normal yeah. to this, which is just ragey mania. Well, this is all Jack's. Like, I think yeah. if you look at like the series as a whole, we're just seeing him kind of go back to these very manic, very self-destructive ways. And I think manic is the right word because I think like he can be fucking awesome. He can be a really good dude and be there for people and, you know, fucking talk to Carter when no one else can. Like we saw really good things from him at the beginning of this, but it's like we've hit now his fucking lows and it's dark and scary and fucking ragey. And he'll probably go back way back up again. But I think like that fucking difference between the ups and the downs needs to be worked out because it's too much. Well, and it's too much for Brittany. And his kind of narcissism is overwhelming. Like when Lisa sort of, when Lisa tells him, that his marriage is in trouble. He's like, my marriage isn't in trouble. And he can't even comprehend yeah. that, that Brittany would have the agency to not be okay with the way he's behaving. He's like got this arrogance that because they're married, that he can now behave exactly as he likes and Brittany will be fine and the relationship's fine. And Lisa really has to say to him, it's not, it's not going to be fine. If you carry yeah. on like this, this will affect you. You've been married a month. Right. Could you fucking imagine? I mean, it's like a totally different person. It's like you've married one person and you fucking woke up next to this crazy person and you're like, what the fuck? And I feel for Brittany. I feel a little bit bad saying crazy as well. Like, obviously, he is fucking dealing with some shit and he needs to look after his mental health. But I feel like it'd be night and day. Like, you just went to bed with one person and you woke up with somebody else. And that would be hard to deal with as well. I feel for Brittany too, because obviously this is really difficult in a, in a number of ways. I think she is torn between knowing that she has to stand by her man, mm-hmm. um, but also you don't want to get, I don't want her to get into that element of enabling it, of excusing right. it. And I think she's a little bit there. I think she's very aware personally that there is something wrong, um, but publicly she isn't she seems to just be blindly accepting yeah. his his kind of behavior and i think her, her friends are going to struggle with that and i can see what she's doing and i i can only imagine how fucking miserable it must be to live with jacks when he's like this well it's a shitty situation too right like if she was calling him out and being a real dick to him I mean, it's Jack, so maybe not a lot of people would fucking jump on her shit, but there would be people <laughs> jumping on her shit, being like, well, how dare you? Like, he's obviously struggling and all this shit he's gone through. Like, she's in a really shit position. Like, I, I really feel for her. Um, but hopefully they work it out, and I'm sure they'll be back next season, and we'll just see, oh, yeah. see how it goes. I mean, I did, I felt for, you know, when he basically broke up with Tom at the end. Like, I... Is it weird that I got a little bit teary? I really felt for Tom because I felt like yeah. he was just so frustrated. And Jax yeah. just was like doing that cutting his nose thing off despite his face. And Lisa just thought, what the fuck is going on? What the on? fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Lisa's got to be tired with Jax. Like he's like God. that that puppy that you go to, you know, you go and adopt and rescue and you just really want it to fucking work. And like, it's two steps forwards, 
you know, one step back. And it's just yeah. that constantly. Always. It's exhausting. Um, the other thing that we see a lot more of, and go back to your chat earlier about James, we do get a little bit more about James. We see that his mom is sober too. She's also a little bit batshit, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Like, especially when she was drinking in, like, earlier seasons. Like, oh, yeah. I think that's why Lisa steps in so much. Because Lisa knows his mom and, like, knew his mom and dad from England. And, like, James has not had an easy life. And I think that's why Lisa is willing to, like, give him so many chances. Because she knows, like, or she's hoping that just one of these chances will finally fucking kick him in the ass and, like, make him realize it. Well, I don't actually see Lisa never giving anybody another chance if they deserve it. Like, I feel like she would always be there if somebody came back after whatever they did and said sorry or had learned something or was willing to be open and vulnerable. I think she would always allow them back in, but she makes them work for it. And what, what I love about her is that she knows just how far to push each individual You know, she knew she really had to push James. She really had to take his night away. She really couldn't give it back to him. She didn't do that. You know, it was like a year that he lost that. Um, You know, with Stassi, she knew she had to push her a little bit, but actually she just flew. And I think that's what Lisa's real talent is, is seeing what their potential is and just knowing how to handle them and kind of manage them into it. Yeah, I think the only exception to that is Kristen. Well, she but will even never if, let Kristen back there. No, I don't think she would. But even if Kristen, if Kristen changed, was right, I don't think she would. Do you not think? I no. don't know. I think if Kristen put in a consistent over no, a period of time. I think we've seen this with Kristen, though. Like, earlier seasons, we saw her, like, get suspended and, you know, change a little bit and come back. Like, I think Kristen is too far gone for Lisa, to be really honest with you. I do know what you mean. Because I think I, she's she's personally fucked with her too much. Like, yeah. Jax and James are really fucking self-destructive. They don't destroy Lisa. Like, yeah. really, they've never really said bad words against Lisa for throughout their kind of highs and lows, whereas Kristen's been, like, fucking mean and, like, really gross about Lisa herself. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, that's a differentiator. I don't know. I think that if even... Even with Kristen, I think that if she could show, if she could do something she hadn't done before, like not just change a little bit and come back, not just change a little bit, I think there would be a certain period of time if like for the next millennia, Kristen was decent. I think Lisa is willing to see. (laughs) I I, I think Lisa's willing to see that there could be change in anybody. I I reckon, I don't, here's the thing. I don't think it's going to happen because Kristen is incapable of that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I, but if Kristen was capable of actually changing and proving that change and being committed to that, I think Lisa would respond. I think where Lisa's strength is, is she's a really good judge of character. So she will give people cha- chances who will change. There is a reason why she's never given Kristen any more chances in like the past five years. Yeah. Because she won't. Well, she hasn't I mean, changed. It's, it's she's a just point. still a dick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she identifies those who she knows that she yeah. can kind of push and that growth will happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen with Kristen, so she doesn't even try. And that's the irony. Kristen is ex- Kristen was the oldest of the group when Vanderpump yeah. started. She is exactly the same person today as she was season one, episode one of Vanderpump Rules. And yeah. this is mind-blowing to me that she cannot 
look around her and see these people are getting married, they've got book deals, they're owning bars, they're really growing. You know, everybody has changed. But Kristen is still exactly the same person as she was season one, episode one. And it's mind-blowing that she had lacked the self-awareness to see that. Yeah, I mean, she... I thought like her buying the house, like I think she has other things going on that we don't see, but I think you're absolutely right. When it comes to dealing with this group, there has absolutely been no growth. Like she is Nothing. the same girl that fucked Jax on Tom Sandoval's couch when they were all having, when they were dating other people. Yeah. Um, but this was a, this was a digression from um, yeah, sorry about James, that. of course. So James is doing really well, and we like this James. Yeah. His mum seems to be doing really well, and we see him on his kind of AA apology tour, which I'm not yep. undermining it with that. No. But he, he, he is doing great things, and he obviously comes up to apologize to Randall, which is definitely an apology that needs to happen. Oh, my God. Like, I think Randall is probably the person that he's been most mean about, on the show, talk the most shit about. And Randall is classy as fuck and, like, is cool and just really proud of him and is fine. Takes his apology and is cool with it. Yeah, I get Randall. Like, I get yeah. why Lala fancies Randall. Like, God, there yes. is something really very attractive about him. Yeah. We get it, Lala. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Um, anyway, should we move on to Beverly Hills? Yes, I think we should. Um, so I'm looking forward to this uh, Vanderpump Rules reunion. It should be oh, yeah. fascinating. Um, but just down the road in Beverly Hills, the Kyle Teddy group drama about who's friends with who more and who gets, I mean, is rumbles on. Yeah, it's the who's, best, who's your best friend fight yeah. that we all it, had in elementary school. I'm... We were talking about this quite a lot in our pre-production meeting and we sort of started talking about whether we felt for Kyle or whether, you know, the girls had a point. And in the end, I just decided that I didn't really give a shit because it's embarrassing watching women of this age have this conversation over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think the recapping would be interesting because I think you very much stand, or at least you did before we had our chat. Like you were like, what the fuck's wrong with these girls? Why are they being assholes to Kyle? Yeah. I still do stand by that a little bit. Yeah. So that's your stance. And my stance is like, this I think has been building for a long time. I don't think they're necessarily trying to be assholes to Kyle. I think they just want Kyle to own up to the fact that like, she is closer to Teddy because actually they're all fine with it. But I think Kyle refuses to admit that she treats Teddy a bit with kind of cotton wool where she wouldn't do that with other people. And obviously you don't treat everybody the same because we're all different people and whatnot. But Kyle can say certain things to Lisa Rinna that if she said it to Teddy, Teddy would flip the fuck out. And I think all the other women just want that acknowledgement that like you can fucking say shit to us and we kind of just have to deal with it. Whereas Teddy is like kind of just kept in this little bubble and you talk really nicely and slow and caressing to her and like because she can't handle it. And kind of my argument is if Teddy can't fucking handle it, she doesn't need to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, I think we can both agree that Teddy could happily <laughs> leave the show and none of us would give a shit. 
I agree with everything you're saying. I think that is the problem. I don't see why it's a problem. This is, I don't see why we can't all just accept that some people need to be treated slightly differently. You know, you can't, I don't treat you like I treat my husband. I don't treat, you know, my sister. You you have different ways of dealing with people. And I get that if they feel that they have been unfairly treated by Kyle in some respects, in a way that when Teddy's done the same thing, she didn't get that, then yeah. that's a conversation. But I'm not hearing any specifics about this. I'm just sort of hearing that people are annoyed that she won't say that she treats Teddy slightly more gently because, frankly, Teddy's such a fucking pain in everybody's ass. Like, yeah. she just... And Kyle has a thing for the underdog. She yes. does. You know, you see her, she backs up Sutton if she feels she's being picked on. She's backing up Teddy because Teddy's just the born underdog. And and while I I understand the words that they're saying, like I get what the problem is, yeah. I just can't understand why it matters so much. I think I... Th- and this is just maybe coming from me. Like, I'm trying to think of myself, like, if I was in that friend group and she could say pretty fucking vile things to me and I just had to deal with it, and then, like, maybe Teddy did the same thing and it wasn't dealt with that way, I think that is where it's coming from. I think they're saying, like, you freak the fuck out on everybody else and not her, and it's fucking causing problems within our group. I think that's the brass tacks of it. Something yeah. must have happened. I just it need- has set some people off. I think all, really, I think sometimes Kyle is kind of the matriarch of the family because she's been there the longest or the group. And I think she just be, needs to be like, you know what? You're right. Like, I do treat everybody differently. Everybody needs to be handled in a bit of a different way. Sorry if I pissed you off. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I think it's the lack, like, they feel that there's a lack of awareness of it. Because yeah. Kyle kind of comes across like, no, I treat you all the same. And it's like, well, you don't. Yeah. I'd have, I, to be honest, I'd have the same problem if someone was just unwilling to fucking acknowledge that there is yeah. a difference. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I get it. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it's coming from Dorit because I think Dorit feels like Kyle's attacked her and she wouldn't attack Teddy. But I don't think that Teddy would turn up you know, right. late for some, this is the thing. Like if I felt that there were two things that t- once something Teddy had done, something Dorit had done and Kyle yeah. had been completely different in how they'd handled it, then I'd be like, okay, right. I get it. I just feel like there's just, I think it's Dorit deflecting because Kyle's given her shit for being a little disrespectful, turning up late, whatever. I don't know. But that wasn't, and, e- I, anyways, no, that's a different argument. No, it wasn't even disrespectful. But it's but, also yeah. got nothing for, t- it's also, Right. Like, why all of a sudden is this about Kyle's relationship with Teddy? Like, I just feel... Yeah. I don't know. I think... So, so my argument is, it is about the relationship with Teddy. Sorry, to like... It is about the relationship with Teddy, because, like, Dorit had everything worked out with Teddy, and it was fine, and fucking Kyle attacked her for it. Well, you see, we disagree here, too, because I don't think... Dorit did work everything out with Teddy. I think Teddy said, because Teddy did that thing in the interview where she's like, did I expect Dorit to come for lunch? Like, and then it flashed back to the time where Dorit just left her hanging at that restaurant for hours and hours and hours. She's like, I know Dorit now. Like, I didn't expect her to come no. on time. Well, she said she wouldn't be there for lunch and she ended up being there for lunch. Like, she was early. I don't know. What I do know is that I, I just, I think 
the level that this has now gone to. Yeah, is a hundred percent ridiculous. We can agree ridiculous. on that. Ridiculous. Like yeah. screaming at this whole like this whole chat about whether they were in couples therapy. Yeah. It's just gotten like, ridiculous. It has, yeah, it just feels ridiculous. And you know my thing about Dorit. I just feel like she's just sat there in the back, in the corner, just yeah. like mixing it But I don't it think up. it's just Dorit. Like, Kyle said some fucking really inappropriate things to Erica and was a dick to Erica about it. She was like, a dick to Erica. That whole situation was actually not just Dorit. Like, Kyle needs to own yeah. her shit yeah. for that, no, too. And You're right. I mean, it's just a bit of a fucking mess right now, right? Like, people who were really close friends seem to be fighting. It does seem a little bit like Teddy and Kyle versus everybody else. And then you've got kind of these new people who don't really know where they land. Like, Garcelle's like, nobody's even trying to get, like, you're not even trying to get to know me. And it's just, like, the group dynamic is off. Something is a mess. It is. There's something weird going on. You're right. That being said, Erica remains the queen because not only... Does Fuck she yeah. always level Sutton when they are about to go, when her and Dorit are about to go at it, and she just turns to her like steely glaze and is like, you are a guest in my house. Sutton's credit, she says, you're right, I am, I'm sorry. Sutton can respect Love that. them both for that. Absolutely. Um, but Erica as well going into her rehearsals for Roxy for Chicago. I have never loved her more. Like no. you said, she's just opening up and being honest, but also... I just love her work ethic, the way she approaches things. She takes nothing for granted. No. Um, and she could. She lives in this fucking whole, huge Hollywood mansion with the like an old school guy in the Hollywood world. Mansion. Yeah. Like yeah. old Hollywood. Um, she doesn't have to do any of this. And she turns up and she's humble. And I love her. I do as well. She's not a fucking spoiled fake ass bitch by any means. Like, she's all real. I love that we're seeing, like, her heart. Yeah. This season, I feel like that's something that, I mean, I've I've always loved her. I've never really given a fuck about whether we see her heart or just the badass bitch that she is. Um, But I'm really enjoying seeing her heart and, like, seeing her open up and really care when she starts crying when the cast of Chicago sends her that message when she's rehearsing. was just really awesome. And I love watching her and Tom together. Like, I don't understand why people question why they're together. No, I don't either. I fucking get it. It's so easy to get when you see them together. I 100% agree. I was telling you, I I always kind of forget how much older Tom actually is until he drops lines that, like, he went to school with, like, John Wayne's kid and, like, has had that house for 25 years. Like, he is so old-school Hollywood. But, man, that fucking guy looks nice. Like, know, he carries he off a suit, he's fucking working. Like, he's not this decrepit old man that people seem to make him out to be when they attack her about it. But, like, I love their relationship. I could watch them all the time. Me too. And I think if anybody questions it, then the problem's with them. Because, like you say, it seems so real and genuine. It's it's just like Lala and Randall on the other one. I get it. It makes sense. Even if it doesn't look like it should, yeah. it absolutely does. I mean, it's a um, lot like Harry and Lisa, When you see them together and how they're dealing with their kids. And I love how they recognize, like, look, having two really famous parents is fucking hard as shit. Yeah. And yeah, we probably give them things for that. But you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. I love Lisa Rinner at home. Like, Lisa Rinner at home, her and Harry, who, by the way, is fit. 
Had so such fit. a crush on Harry. So fucking sexy. So sexy. Let's just all take a minute. To Let's have a moment. That. Let's have a Harry Hamlin moment. Let's do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do. I love Lisa at home. I think their chat is really good. I love that Harry was all, I've been away and they wanted to have dinner with me. And it just yeah. feels, again, really real. And I think that's why I can forgive Lisa a lot of the drama that she brings she does perform <laughs> like she's performing that's 100%. her thing when yeah. she's not at home in her sweats she's with the girls and she's on a show and she's performing and she met and that's really quite clear to me so I love that about her well, um, it's honest isn't it it's honest it's, it's not yeah. covered in bullshit no exactly because they're all performing it's just yeah. they're not all admitting it yeah. um but yeah I love that dynamic and I love that they're looking after their girls because She's, you know, when Amelia's obviously vulnerable and Lisa says, you just don't fuck with that. And if yeah. it means bringing her home, then that's what you do. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, that touches like all parents' hearts, right? Like you do whatever it takes. And when your yeah. kid is hurting and struggling, you figure it out. Yeah. And there's a difference between a, a kid that wants to quit because they just can't quite be asked and a kid yeah. that actually needs real help. Like, and that's yeah. what Lisa's been able to recognize and bravo on her for to her for for not letting that ball drop and for taking it seriously. Um, Before we move on, I just want to discuss very quickly just the Dorit Italian restaurant PK thing because these two, obviously my feelings about Dorit, I've made it. These two, though, feel less and less authentic every time I see them on screen. A hundred percent. And I think we really see it when she like whispers to him on the confessional, like, watch what you say. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Yeah. And I think it's because he was about to like undermine her like abilities and she was not like, I think it felt a bit like we are, we're putting together a united front. Be careful what you say. Just very constructed and awkward. Yeah. Um, And just watching, even the guy at the restaurant is questioning her commitment. Her seriousness, yeah. Yeah. I just don't buy them. I don't buy into this whole thing that they're showing right now. No. And I'm going to say, I hope I don't offend anybody by talking ill of Buca de Beppo, but it is like <laughs> the shittiest Italian restaurant I've ever been to in my life. I'd rank it below the Olive Garden. For all of you who are not in America and have no idea what I'm talking about, it's like every cheesy fucking Italian restaurant that you've ever seen in any American movie. Like, it's the red-checked tablecloths. Like, it's all the cliche bullshit. And the room that Dorit designs has fucking yellow with these red-checked tablecloths and, like, some lights up. It still looks shitty. It's still got gross food. Like... It's like doing a room in an Arby's. Like, I don't oh. understand why this is even, like, a story. Like, why is this even interesting? Nobody well, it, cares. And No. And how are you even comparing it to what Lisa and fucking... Tom, like, how are you comparing it to what Lisa is doing? There's but never no fucking one, comparison. Never one to miss an opportunity to be just a little bitch. PK yeah. jumps in with some sort of criticism. And the the whole thing makes me feel uncomfortable and there's definitely some shady shit going on and it makes me realize that Lisa probably knew going back to that very good judge of character at some point Lisa decided that PK and Dorit would be on saving and that she needed them out of her life 
Yep. I think you're absolutely right. I was thinking about that when we were, ta- we were talking about it earlier. But, and I mean, like when I take up for Dorit, please don't think that I like her above Kyle because that's 100% not the case. I just think like their, their group dynamic is whack. Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and I think it's weird. We've, we don't really seem to have much of a storyline right now. Obviously, we're all waiting for Denise and, and yeah. Brandy. That's Brandy, Andy Cohen let slip in a podcast the other day that um, Brandy doesn't make an entrance till episode 10, and that was episode yeah. 5. So we've still got a few weeks before that kicks off. So God no, knows No, it was episode 6. It. So we got about oh, four weeks. Yeah. God knows what they're going to fill it with, though, if they're just going to be banging on about Kyle and Teddy all the time. Oh, I hope not. Massive fucking yawn fest. Um, <laughs> finally, New the York. The drunken ladies of New York. God, it's so exhausting talking about these people. <laughs> the fuck did we do this podcast for? I can't bear to deal with this level of crazy every fucking week. <laughs> it's so fucking on. Oh, like, I feel like I need to carb load and like yeah. gird my loins. I feel it's like a I have lot been of energy. carb loading. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's a lot of energy. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, it's like the day after the really fucking drunken, messy orchard trip. Everybody's kind of talking about their issues. (laughs) For some reason, Leah is taking advice from fucking Luann on how to like handle these women, which I just want to side note, Leah, just fucking do you because the women obviously fucking respond to that. You do you in whatever way you want. That's the right answer. Don't fucking listen to Luann. And while we're at it, Tinsley, take Leah's advice. Do yes. it a bit more. Let's be a bit more thug about this. And that is actually, be that hard. would get Dorinda, Fuck that would yeah. eventually get Dorinda's respect. Because if Tinsley just turned around, instead of worrying about making Dorinda like her and why Dorinda doesn't like her, no. if she just turned around and went, you know what, Dorinda? Fuck, Fuck off. off. Yeah. This is me. If you don't like me, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But let's, Calm down the bullying, get back in yeah. your fucking box, stay in your lane and let me do me and you can do you, boo. That Done. would have Dorinda's respect. Yes. Mic drop, walk away. <laughs> That's how you deal with fucking bullies. That's how yeah. you deal with it. You don't fucking That's try it. to placate them and have these long ass bullshit lunches with them. Like you call her on her shit, tell her to fuck off and be done. Yeah. And you know what? Dorinda's an open book. We can all see exactly what the fuck is going on. This is not rocket science. Even the life coach yeah. gets this fucking life coach. Uh-uh. Um, but do, I don't care. Dorinda is a bully right now. And, and I'm not saying that she is inherently a bully as a right. person. But right now, her behavior is what we like to call bullying. <laughs> yeah. Very least fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, asshole bully. That's yes. what she's doing right now. That's her look right now. And it's not yes. cute on a 50-year-old woman. <laughs> it's coming it's to just Fashion not. Week 2021. She's sporting <laughs> the asshole bully. <laughs> Made famous by Dorinda in season 12. Of New- I mean, call it what you like. She's oh. being a fucking bully. And yeah. I-, I have to say... We talked about it last week. We expected more from Leah at the orchard Mm -hmm. because I feel like she didn't stand up to Dorinda, but she does explain it and says, I would be, I think she's frightened of Dorinda. Yeah. Um, 
And I think the next day when she has lunch with Luann, she kind of recognizes that she should have said more. You know, she felt really uncomfortable about it. And then she's the only one that dares to bring it up at the Russian bathhouse, which, by the way, is like Ugh. on my list of things to do the next time I go yes, to New York. Yes, that is my kind of spa allows you to drink infused vodka while being hit with leaves. Yes, by and wearing condom hats. <laughs> yes, there was a lot. There's a lot to unpack about that that spa. <laughs> but essentially, um, what I love most about it is that it really forced the most obnoxious of the group out of their comfort zone. Like Dorinda and Luann talking about having to go downtown, as if as if yeah. we'd sent them off to fucking Baghdad. Like. Dude, Sonia, well, there's lots of graffiti here and the, sh- and the gates are... Sh- oh, 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 shut God. your precious mouth. They're awful. Fuck and off. I think that's what Leah's done. Leah's appearance yeah. on the show has, has highlighted just how obnoxious they were. And I think we all just didn't see it before because there was nothing to, to kind of measure it against. Yeah. But now we've got normal, lovely Leah, who's a bit of a badass and... Uh, by next week's trailer, a complete fucking mentalist as well. But we've got her just revealing them in all their obnoxious glory. Yeah, yeah. And I like that she's, like, taking them into, like, her neighborhood and and making it... Because in that way, she's also opening up to them, which these girls are really... They really respect that, and they receive it. Um yeah, she's just a badass. I loved I loved the spa. I loved that actually most of the girls kind of really got in the spirit of it and like did her shit. I also like that Tinsley didn't want to do something and she just didn't do it. I think yeah. we're seeing a little growth there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's listen, she's a princess. That doesn't make yeah. her an idiot. That doesn't make her a terrible person. Right. But I I agree. I think she stood by her own. She didn't want to do it. She didn't she didn't do it. Good on her. And I think you know, it was sad to see her in some ways at the bathhouse because she was so quiet. Like, she's yeah. just realized that now there's no conversation to have with Dorinda. Dorinda has essentially silenced her right now. And that's right. that makes me sad. Um, I really hope that Dorinda comes out the other side of this. Like, I hope that yeah. this isn't what it's going to be like for the whole season. I never thought there would be a season of The Real Housewives of New York that would make me side with Ramona as much as this season has. I actually wrote, who the fuck thought that Ramona would become the voice of reason on this show? Crazy Eye Ramona. Like, do you remember that fashion show where her eyes were like, all insane and just walking out and just all the crazy shit she's done? She has been the real, like voice of reason in this season. Like, the real kind of nurturer. Like, she's been, like, that kind of mother figure to... Leah. Leah. Sorry. Leah, which I think (laughs) blows up next episode anyways, which is what I was thinking about. But, like, she's also calling Dorinda on her shit. And I think it's a little pot calling the kettle black because we've seen Ramona fight the exact same way. But I like that Ramona's fighting this fight with Dorinda because I don't really think anybody else can in the same way. Um, but yeah, I'm no, fucking team I, Ramona this fucking season. I agree. Um, before we, <laughs> before we wrap up, before we wrap up, we've got Leah, we introduced to Leah's sister, who looks like a nice girl, doesn't she? Yeah, Sarah. Love a girl with a fringe. Um, and Leah's lamenting that the boyfriend who owns 
like he's the king of pitterbreads. I don't know. Yes. Um, she sent him a naked picture with a pitterbread covering her lady garden. Let's just call it a vagina. Shall we call it? Yeah. Her, covering a vagina, um, and she's pissed because he was supposed he was intent he was intending to send it to a friend, but accidentally sent it back to her. So would you be more pissed that he was intending to send it to a friend and couldn't fucking work the phone to actually properly do it or the fact that he was forwarding a nude? Um, do you know what I would be? I would be sat there going, well, if I'm going to send out naked pictures, then I'm going to have to accept that they're going to get out there. It's like going to the pool and complaining about getting fucking splashed. That's yeah. just not how it works. No, no. I mean, it's not 2005 and we've all just got our very fucking first camera phones. Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that, but... Like, you know what's going to happen when you send somebody a nude picture. If he doesn't forward it to a friend, someone's going to fucking find it. It's going to end up on the internet. Like, this isn't new. No. Don't do that. And he's the king of pitta. He's probably just going to blow it up and put it on a billboard and sell some fucking pitta bread. Oh, yeah. That's what, the, that's what like, the new big sign is probably going to be in Times Square. She's going to be Leah with a pitta on her bits. I mean, I want to say pitta bits. Pitter bits, bitter pit, bits, bitter bits, bits of pitter. I don't know. There's something there. There's something to work with there. Um, you can but, yeah. send your marketing check too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do your mates' rates. All right, um, guys. That's us then. I think uh, finishing on pitter covering vaginas is is not that's where I saw roll. this ending, but I'm here for it. I'm here for that. I think that's how we roll. So. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and your bank holiday in the UK because at least in the US, this starts summer vacay. So this is like the official start of our summer vacation is this weekend. Oh, good on you. We are um, so far away from summer vacay. In fact, I think summer's canceled over here. Um, (laughs) But yeah, have a great one. Uh, We'll be back next week. And remember, if you can and you would like to, then we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV, my husband hates. Um, Anything that you can spare would always be very grateful. It helps keep this podcast what it is. And we do a little happy dance every time um, somebody sponsors us. And we're creating some pretty epic, cool content for you. Extra episodes. We're trying to pull in some brilliant interviews and things like that. So if you want to be... Things are in the works. Things are in the works, but you might have to pay a little bit for it. But just the cost of a cup of coffee every month. That's all it is. Not anything big. Nothing it's all big. it's all relative. Although we will take the big ones too, just in hundred percent in case. Um, anyway, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.